always go for the throat. Buy low, sell high. Fear, that's the other problem. Biz Talk Radio is proud to bring you... Investor's Edge with Gary Kopon. Straight talk about you and your money. You can reach Gary now at 877-747-EDGE. That's 877-747-3343. Here's your host, Gary Kopon. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Gary Kopon. I'm your host. Thanks for being with us today. Glad you're here, ladies and gentlemen. Happy that you're listening. It's Monday. It's June 17th. It's 2019. And we are here to cover everything that affects everything on you, the future, the markets, the economy, your money, your life, and everything else in between. But first, if you do not get the show in your city, go to GaryK.com. You can listen live or archive. We're live 6.06 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. Also at GaryK.com, you can follow me on Twitter. Just press the button on Twitter at Gary Kalpam. If you want to hear what we're doing, like to hear what you're doing, press the money management button. Press the subscribe button to get our notes direct to you. Or convictionleaders.com, convictionleaders.com, our ever-popular over-the-top email service with one month free. Because we're so benevolent here. All right. So I want to touch a, a few things today that we haven't touched on and what it could possibly mean to the economy, markets, because everything really does matter. And uh, you're reading a lot about Iran now. And there's all kinds of worry now about escalation, uh, another Iraq, Iraq, and um, it's getting interesting, I must tell you. And I follow this stuff judiciously. Um, You need to know a couple of things. Number one, Iran's a bad player. That's all. Bad people, bad player. Uh, their economy's in the crapper. They treat their people like you-know-what. They treat the LGBTQ community. Well, <laughs> you, you can't be an LGBTQ. I, I can go on and on how bad the uh, people that are running the joint over there are. And now they're doing – we're going to use the term provocative things. And there is this theme going around. The reason they are doing it is because they don't believe that President Trump has the – trust of the world right now. They don't believe he has the credibility of the world right now, and they're, you know, throwing out the bones, as they say. What could this possibly do to markets? Well, we've been hearing for 30 years about the Straits of Hormuz. We have over 30% of all oil go through, and it's a, they call it a choke point, and that basically means there's not a lot of room getting those ships through. I've heard threats for 30 years on them doing something. They're not going to do anything about that. So that's number one. Uh, you may get oil prices go up a little bit, but you saw last week they went up, they came right back down. Uh, they screw themselves if they try playing with that. Trust me, they screw themselves. Their economy is in really bad shape. Uh, you, you can just go look at the numbers, go Google the numbers of, of Iran. I do not think it escalates, and the reason being, my thought process. What do you do next? Look at what happened in Iraq. Uh, as we went to war, a lot of people were worried about what, why are we doing this. And I know what the Democrats say, but they lie. Just so you know, they mostly all voted for him, and they were all for it three years before George Bush. So don't believe any of that. The problem with the Iraq war is Bush, Rumsfeld, whoever else was running the joint over there, didn't know what the hell they were doing and did not know what kind of reaction they would get. And they just did a horrible job until they realized, well, maybe we need, need more soldiers there to get it done. That's when the surge came. But many years later, what did we get out of it? You know? So let's get past that. At this point, what would we get out of it? We're not going to change the regime there. 
You also have the problem of location, location, location. So I think somewhere along the line, uh, we're going to give them outs. Somewhere along the line. Uh, I don't even want to get into the Iran deal with Obama because I, just, I, I don't want to get into that at this point. You all know what I thought about that anyhow. I just think that we'll get past this in the weeks ahead. If we don't, there's something that goes on in the economy's mind. It takes away from us doing our thing and uh, potentially the oil market. So we'll be paying close attention to it. That'd be number one. So uh, a little bit of Iran today, and I've been following it closely, uh, and uh, it's escalating right now. It's escalating with the rhetoric, and uh, I, don't, I think they took, may have taken down one of our drones. And my biggest issue is other countries coming around and saying, uh, okay, we got the proof, instead of saying we need more proof. We'll see how it plays out. All right, this is a show about you and your money, of course, and the markets. The Market Wrap is brought to you by Investment-Models.com. That's Jim Rohrbach, one of the great market timers. No gray areas with the man. You're either in or out of the market with proprietary indicators. Go check it out. Investment-Models.com. Dow uh, not much, up 22. S&P up 2. But the NASDAQ up 48. The NASDAQ 100 up 47. We'll get into why in a minute. But the SOX was down uh, another 8 points today. That's not good news. Uh, the small caps, uh, they paid the dividends. It was up a little bit today. Advanced declines, 18.16. New York, 17.15 on the NASDAQ. Oil did come down. Uh, in the Dow today, Boeing up seven and three quarters. So Boeing was like uh, 40-some-odd Dow points. Now, we've been talking to you about Boeing, and we've been telling you to avoid. Uh, it's still news-driven. It's still news-driven. I'm not going to be buying any for my clients. But there's a case, listen carefully, to probe it in the 350 to 354 area with a stop below 345 and see how it goes. And I only say that because it just feels like in and around here it's sold out, notwithstanding more news. Remember, the reason I'm not playing, you don't know what the next shoe to drop is. You really don't. So I'm just mentioning to you on a technical basis, it's just... It feels like it may get sold out. And I will tell you this. If it can break above the 50-day, which is around 361, the 200 days, it's 363, so the 50 days crossed over. If it can break above that and stick, that would be somewhat of a confirmation. And I only bring this up because, as I've been saying, when, not if they get past all this, but it could be months with an S, when they get past all this, uh, I think they'll do okay. We'll see. Of course, that'll depend on a number of other things. The economy, no more God forbids. And I won't say the next thing. But I just wanted to mention Boeing because it had that uh, move today. And I thought it was uh, noteworthy. Also in the Dow today, Apple up one. Was up two and change, though. Home Depot up one. Down, though, Nike, United Tech, McDonald's. Those are the ones to the downside. Uh, the big worry remains the semiconductors acting very poorly, on bad fundamentals. So my fundamental guys, who I was telling you about while it kept going up, they're being, you know, feeling better. And financials still not making the great, but financials not hurting the market. If financials start to hurt the market, along with the semis, then we got to talk. I would say uh, the financials are just hanging out, waiting for good old Jay Powell on Wednesday. Which leads me into the segue. Up next, the Fed's Wednesday. My thoughts. I'm Gary. This is the one only Investor's Edge. It's not-
time to switch on the integrator units and get the brain cells working. You're listening to... Hey, this promises to be fun. Investor's Edge. The last bastion of quality programming. With Gary Coldbaum. It doesn't get better than this. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. So, yeah, okay, Wednesday is the Fed. Uh, and, and look... I like a good joke like anybody else. I like uh, sarcasm a hell of a lot. Uh, But I have no jokes and no sarcasm for these people. They have taken over the markets. And all the evidence you need is just follow the bouncing ball. And it's not easy. And they're creating asset distortions. And 10 years from now, 5 years from now, 3 years from now, 1 year from now, 3 days from now... We're going to have another 2008, and both parties will blame each other, and the president, who's the president at the time, will get the blame. Uh, but they're all the same at this point. Uh, they're all debt and deficit-driven maniacs enabled by the central bank. So let me give you the short version of what's happened over the last 20 years. Alan Greenspan was an easy money guy. At the instant of any issue, lower rates. Just lower rates. Lower rates. Never really letting the economy just be on its own. But I don't think Alan Greenspan ever targeted markets. I believe when he felt softness in the economy, lower rates. And to his credit, he would raise rates when need be also. But the easy money, which was handed off to Ben Bernanke creating easier money, what does easy money do? Very simple. Number one, uh, it uh, makes capital, and the access to capital cheaper. It screws over the saver. They get less and less. And by the way, this is not because of market conditions. It's because of some ex-tenured professors in the Eccles building or the Eccles building in Washington, D.C., making a decision on the biggest market in all the planet, our bond market. So Bernanke comes in, and his easy money enables a few things to go on. Number one, massive government debt. Massive government debt. Did I say massive government debt? Number two, it enabled housing prices to go up because mortgages were so cheap and people were jumping all over each other. But then it enabled something else. Affordability turned into unaffordability. Why? Prices got too high. Distorted prices got too high. What else did it enable? Speculation. Housing prices started going crazy. People started flipping, flopping, flipping, flopping houses. People in Miami would line up in an empty lot with a trailer, putting down a thousand bucks on a condo that may or not be built within three years, and pay four hundred thousand, and only have to put down a thousand dollar deposit to hold it. And then, soon as it was signed on the dotted line and the check was cashed. Put it up for sale at four fifty, and guess what? Somebody would pay, and it fed on itself to the point of frenzy, absolute frenzy. Fortune magazine front cover, real estate riches, where they highlighted ten people that became wealthy beyond their imagination on flipping houses. But it also enabled another thing: Wall Street. As usual, when it gets frothy, Wall Street gets greedy. So they packaged all these mortgages that started to become bad and sold them. 
and did it with lots of leverage. And then you had Bernanke, the one who enabled all this with easy money, saying, oh, we're fine. No, we're good. No, all's well. Housing prices have never gone down year over year. Don't worry. Subprime lending, we're good. Alan Greenspan said subprime lending, the technology is terrific now. Economy stable, economy strong, all's well. And then all hell broke loose. Why? Because it all blew up. You had leverage and distorted prices at the top, and the party is over. So the Goldman Sachs of the world that would put together crappy mortgages and then sold it and then shorted them. You get my point? So the house came down. The easy money enabled another bubble, and as always, another bubble that popped and popped badly. I went to the bank and took out $25,000 in cash because I was so worried about the whole financial system. Brought to you by government, Bernanke, Wall Street, and the politicians. Well, guess what happened? Guess what Ben Bernanke did to fix the problem of easy money? Simple. Easier money. Really? Yeah, but this time, we are going to take out the missiles, the nuclear missiles. And not only are we going to do easy money, but we are going to lower rates quickly down to nothing, zero. Savers, go screw yourself. And the people that brought us to the brink, Wall Street, don't worry, you get to keep that money. Because they artificially took rates down to zero when they should have been three. So your money markets, your riskless income money markets, were zero. And guess who kept it? The banks and lenders that screwed you and committed all the crimes. Welcome to Bernanke. That's what Bernanke did. He took us into nuclear easy money. And then realized, you know, interest rates are zero. We can't go lower than that, can we? Let's print. So he printed money. And he saw that markets would lift off every time he would print. And markets would drop every time he would stop. Up next. What happened next? And then we'll take you to today. And then we'll isolate some stocks. And all that. Thanks for being here. I'm Gary. This is the one only Investor's Ed. America is talking. Investor's Edge. You gotta be pleased with that. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. With Gary Coltbaum. I'm highly recommended. You're gonna feel better if you talk to him. Congratulations. Congratulations to Gary Woodland who won the U.S. Open. I just love. Just so you know about the professional golfers, uh, professional tennis players, there is a uh, line, a fine line of uh, superstardom, stardom, middle of the pack. And here's a guy, I think he's won three tournaments on the PGA, which is fantastic, but has always been beneath a certain level. And then goes and wins the U.S. Open. I just, uh, that was fantastic. I love seeing that. You know, when I played in uh, tennis, uh, on the college, um, on my college, I was a good player, and I tried something called the uh, Penn Circuit uh, afterwards, like a Hogan Tour that used to have in golf, and I played eight tournaments, and I went 0 and 8. 0 and 8. I lo- the last guy I lost to, his name was Beaver. No, really, his first name was Beaver. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm 0 and 8, and I just lost to a guy named Beaver. I think it's time to stop my tennis career. And that's what I did. But I bring that up because I can't begin to tell you how many people are in that level 
between one level to the next to try to get to where you're making money and then making good money. There are thousands and thousands and thousands. In golf, I've gone out and played with people that shoot 64 every time I go out and play with them. Seriously. And then they go play tournaments, 79. And never made it. I put money down on somebody, I invested in a golfer that was supposedly a can't miss. Missed. Not easy. So when I see something like a Gary Woodland uh, do what he did yesterday, that is just awesome stuff. Anyway, back to Bernanke. And I hope you don't mind, but this is important as we go into Wednesday. So Bernanke took rates down to 0%. Imagine, 0 And then starts printing money. But not just printing money, taking that money and interfering in our markets. Complete interference. Acting like he's Goldman Sachs or BlackRock or Blackstone or whatever. And he took conjured up money and started buying the hell out of our bonds in order to get interest rates down on the long end. While he took the short end down to zero. And by the way, in case you don't, 10 year is what's mostly attached to the mortgage rates. But he needed to get everything down, so he just conjured up everything. And nobody argued. I argued. Nobody else did. You know why? Made markets go up. Screw the long term. Screw the fact that this is what brought us to the bubble in the first place, which got blown up. And do it again. But just do it a thousand times more than you did in the past. Fast forward to $20 trillion of printed money. Eight years of 0% here, blinking at 2.5% here, getting Europe and Japan to go negative rates to where they are today. Do you know the 10-year in Germany, the 10-year yield is negative right now? It's insanity. Yet they can't get their economy moving. And I keep hearing, I keep, well, that means they need to keep rates down. No, the reason why their economy isn't moving is because of all the debt buildup throughout the years that was enabled by these central banks. So fast forward to December of this year. Market's sinking like a stone. December 19th, Jay Powell raises rates to 2.5%. Into Christmas, Christmas Eve, markets are tanking. Can't have that happen, right? Can't leave markets alone, right? After all, he was telling us the whole time, the economy's fine. Economy's good. And by the way, didn't we have a 3.2% economy in the first quarter? So why all of a sudden, on Christmas Day, Christmas Day, they float the news. They won't tell you that, but they floated the news. It got out to the media. That no longer are they going to raise rates a few times in 2019. That, in fact, they can now be patient. Why would they do that? Because they said the economy was fine. Oh, yeah, the market was down. And guess what markets did? Markets ramped all the way into the end of April. And all the way at the end of April, you didn't hear a peep out of the Fed. You know, they just kept saying, yeah, we can be patient. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. No problem. The economy's sound. We're fine. Don't worry. Boom. We're good. Not peep. And then we corrected 7 to 10% in May. 7 to 10% in May. That's it. A correction. 7 to 10% in May. A correction. What does the Fed do? They bring out a guy named Bullard, one of the Fed heads. Yeah, we can look to lower rates soon. Market stops going down. That's a Monday. On the Wednesday, pivot. We're going from patience to we look like we can look to lower rates. Markets ramp up for a couple of weeks, and that's that. All they care about is markets, and let me tell you why. Because all of their moves throughout the years, and it's now a decade, have created, we don't know what kind of distortions there are out there. 
because every asset price, every data point, every economic statistic, both here and around the globe, are based off of the central bank's moves. The central banks used to be in the side. Now we move a quarter point here, quarter point here, quarter point there, a little bit up, a little bit down. But now they're the end-all, be-all that markets depend on. Why do you think Trump is ripping Powell on a daily basis? Because you got Mnuchin, the Secretary of Treasury, who is from Goldman Sachs, telling him to and doing it himself. So there is my problem in a nutshell. And the good news for Wall Street, after 10 years, the market continues to obey the central bank. But just we know that they're doing the exact same things that led to 08. Except this time, you know the example I give you of the credit cards? They just keep cutting more and more credit cards. Now we're $22 trillion in debt. Ten years ago we were what? $11 trillion in debt? Now it's 22 The first $550 billion of our tax dollars this year is going towards interest this year. Don't worry, it's only $550 billion going to waste. $550 billion. That's not a number. It's not just a number. It's a gargantuan amount of waste brought, us, brought to us by these politicians we keep reelecting. To the point now, we got socialists that are polling 14%, while 2,700 miles south of where I'm sitting right now, you have devastation caused by those same policies. So I remain long-term very pessimistic on them. The good news is I remain long-term my most optimistic on us. But unfortunately, they're running the freaking show. We'll keep watching. We'll keep complaining. We'll keep talking about it. Don't know if we can get them to move the right way. Don't know if they can even move the right way. Hope is a big word these days. Up next, back on my market. This is the one only investors at. You're listening to. Well, what are you waiting for? One, two, ready, no. go. Action! Investors Edge. And welcome once again to Investors Edge. All right, a few notes from today. A few things. Number one, semiconductors, another bad day, even with the NASDAQ up 48. And that has to be something to watch. It has to be watched because semiconductors have led markets up and down throughout the last, I don't know, 25 years. And I mean, really, kind of point for point. I'm not making that up. I think maybe there's a month here, a month there where it didn't, and they're acting very poorly. Bad fundamentals. Or we were told about my fundamental friends that as it was going up, they were saying, what the heck is going on here? The fundamentals are heading south while the stocks are going up. Well, the stocks are now coming down. So they've, been a, they've kind of sort of feel a little bit better. Today was a uh, somewhat of a big name day. Amazon up 16. Facebook up almost 8. Why? You ready for this? They come out with some cryptocurrency tomorrow, some announcement. Really? No, really. They are. Uh, Google was up 8, and that's been a dead stock. Netflix up 10, held the 200-day moving average. Tesla up 10 is up 30% since some announcement from uh, Musk the other day about this, that, and the other thing. Uh, but it's still down from 387. It's closed at 225 today, so no great shakes. Uh, that was kind of the story today. But I do want to mention a few other things. 
oils still ain't happening. We remain bearish on them. We think you continue to avoid them. Semiconductors the same. Even advanced micro devices who had a really nice breakout above 30 tucked its head in like a frightened turtle and is now trading at 29.20. Lamb Research down four and a quarter today. That's not good news. Uh, what else? Interest rate sensitive continues to act well. Little pullback today. Utilities, real estate, housing. Uh, rhyme and a reason. As the 10 year has fallen from 3.25 to 2.086 at the close today. Financials, still not happening, but still not hurting. And what I mean by that is they're doing nothing. They go up a little bit, go down a percent here and there, but not much. There are some very weak ones. I got one real strong one in uh, Blackstone, uh, symbol uh, BX, and that is more hedge fundish than anything too extended to buy at this point in time. The regionals are acting much worse than the big banks. Uh, Biotech had a good day today. They have been very weak. Why did they have a good day, good day today? Array Biopharma, A-R-R-Y, closed up $16.85 today to 46 and a half almost. Pfizer is buying them. Get this. The company loses a lot of money. Does have, though, about $250 million in sales. Uh, Pfizer's paying like $10 bucks. 40 times sales. Go figure. But what happens... Usually when a biotech gets bought, the other biotechs will go up in sympathy a little bit. So Biogen up 4 bucks to 231 uh, Dead stock. Regeneron, another dead name, up 6 to 310 down from 442 in February. I don't need to go through a bunch of names, but they just better tone for today in sympathy. We'll see how it plays out. So a little better on the biotech today. Retail, we would still – here's your names. Kohl's. It's at new yearly lows. Kohl's, new yearly lows. Uh, Nordstrom's, new yearly lows. Gap stores, new yearly lows. You get my hint. And by the way, they can bounce at any time. They can rally up. They're really stretched and extended to the downside, but that will not take them out of their bear market. We would just really avoid them. One name, Lululemon, uh, gapped up on Thursday, came all the way back down, asserting itself, breaking out of range today on about uh, two times average volume. 35% uh, earnings growth, 20% revenue growth should be reviewed. Lululemon Apparel. And by the way, I was just in the uh, Millennium Mall here in Orlando. They're doing well in the Millennium Mall. We'll give you that one. So that's somewhat of an outlier in the apparel slash retail area out there. Just letting you know, it remains a very choppy market, a very, I'm going to call it 45-55 market. 55% of the market is bearish. By the way, I forgot to mention foreign markets continue to act very poorly versus our market. Again, if need be invested here better than there. And I know it's okay to have some international. I get it. Uh, eventually, international will come around. Uh, so if you had some exposure, okay. But just realize that the U.S. right now remains the bull of the woods for whatever reason. Socialism over there. We're almost socialism over here. Uh, and as I mentioned, Boeing, uh, again, really helped it out today. That's to be watched. Again, you know our thoughts uh, on that one. Again, the big story is going to be the Fed Wednesday. The bet is they're not going to lower rates Wednesday, but indicate they are looking to lower rates next go-round at the end of July. They may surprise. They may not. If they lowered rates Wednesday, I would not be surprised. The question is, what will the market think? There's a school, a rule of thumb that, and a school of thought that if they lower rates, the first couple of times markets will get hit on that because of worry. I have no clue. We'll let the market decide. More on this tomorrow. Before Wednesday, have a great evening. Drive carefully when you get home. Do like we do. 
uh, quite the simple. Make sure you hug your children. Night, night all. This clean edit of Investor's Edge created by Stu Lander. Follow me at twitter.com slash s-t-o-o-l-a-n-d-e-r.